You've tuned into the Are You Screening podcast, originally live and an effort to bring you instant reactions to films. We try to stick to that theory and bring you unedited, unfiltered, and largely off-the-cuff opinions of movies, along with interviews, industry news, and hopefully a lot more. Thanks for listening, and let's get right to this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Are You Screening podcast. I'm your host, areyouscreening.com's own Mark Eastman. And with me, as always, is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. And uh, this week, we're going to do something, probably, and uh, (laughs) we never know uh, exactly how things are going to go, but we're going to do something this week that we don't often do, uh, which is actually talk about the movie for a long time. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Right. And and actually have uh, one movie. So it's, uh, it's James Bond. Uh, no time to die, and uh, so we'll we'll mainly be covering that. Um, before we do, I want to uh, quickly throw out uh, because we did not cover, um, and actually it was funny because I couldn't even remember, but uh, we did not cover the Green Knight, and uh, and and that's uh, out on Blu-ray and everything at this point. So I wanted to talk uh, just real quickly about that. And then you uh, got a chance to see Halloween Kills, right. which I did not yet. Um, and that is, you know, thankfully also doing really good at the box office. Yeah. Uh, the Bond movie is doing good at the box office. Uh, even better if you take in, you know, the world right. uh, into yeah. account because uh, yeah, overseas seriously. it's crushing it's kill- like yeah, crazy. Right. Um, which is good. But Halloween Kills beat it. This weekend, yeah. So, so that is, uh, and it's weird. And we just had an announcement that Marvel is moving tons of movies back again, yeah. inc- and and then also Disney is uh, moving back the new Indiana Jones like a year. Yeah. Um, but a bunch of Marvel movies are getting moved way back, and it's sort of hard to tell exactly why that is. Actually, um. If some of them are like having production issues because of COVID or whatever, or how the box office is doing, yeah. But uh, the box office, and we got big movies coming up. Uh, so Dune is next week, and then uh, like the French Dispatch, and yeah. uh, we've also got like the Last Duel right now. Yeah. And you put all these things together, and it does make for a very weird return that we're having. Where things are making money, right? Venom made a bunch of money. Yeah. Uh, the Bond movie is, is, is making really money. Good. Halloween Kills, I think, made about $50 million this weekend or something like that. Yeah. And uh, so they are making money. But we are now getting into the time where uh, Dune will probably do well because lots of people are looking forward to it. But it's also on HBO Max. So, right. you know, you've got that. Um, but then we got like the Eternals coming up, and mm-hmm. but the weird thing now is that uh, things like the Last Duel can't make any money, yeah. And uh, who knows what's going to happen with the French Dispatch? Basically, what we're getting to is, you know, the movies are supposed to work, yeah. right? <laughs> Where. Uh, right, like the new James Bond movie makes a ton of money, and the new Marvel movie makes a ton of money. Yeah, those other movies got to be able to make money, and right. that is not happening. Yeah. So uh, I think the last duel made like maybe three million. Yeah. Uh, this weekend, anyway, and that is a tricky thing when we're talking about getting into like 
award season right. of all those movies are coming out because now if you're the big thing, mm-hmm. you can make some money. Yeah. But if you're not the big thing, <laughs> you you are in trouble. And that is going to, as we get, especially as we get maybe most of the way or even all the way through November, Yeah. that may start changing a lot of things if that doesn't catch fix yeah by like the end of november then you're gonna see a lot more movies going Uh on streaming services or having other options and people going look i know you're all bitching at me about wanting things in the theater but that ain't working right right. (laughs) so did you see the last duel uh, I, you know, I've seen parts of it. I haven't seen the whole movie. Um, well, uh, and it looks really cool, actually. It, th- this is the problem. I think it looks good. I think it sounds interesting. And I like the story about how everybody kind of got together and thought about creating it. There's a lot of fun backstory yeah. there. I just don't think this is the window you release a film yeah, yeah. like that and hope uh, you do anything. I mean, in a strange way, that... You, you've got other things to talk about, but in a strange way, that kind of feels like a segue to the Green Knight. Yeah, I think that movie looked great. Right, I just don't know when the hell. Yeah, you it is. It. Uh, even with um, you know, the Green Knight doesn't have a ton of star power in it. Right, even though it has big names, and it's got Dev Patel and Alicia Vikander and yeah. uh, Joel Edgerton, yep. and you know they're big enough or whatever. Um, but not like the Last Duel where you right. got. Matt Affleck, Damon, Damon, you know, and, I mean, all and, these heavy uh, yeah, yeah, you got, um, you know, Darth Vader, right? What's his name? God, I can't remember his name now. Anyway, um, but that has so many people in it that everyone, yeah, should be wanting to see that, but it's just not the right kind of thing to draw people into the theaters. Um, so, uh, yeah, anyway, um, it, it is looking weird, yeah. but I'm going to tell you right now, as I just did, like, look for the box offices through November because yeah. uh, at in the middle to end of November, we might start getting a lot of weird announcements and who knows what's going to happen. <laughs> and now Marvel is already pushing stuff back. That just makes things weirder mm-hmm. because it's not clear why they're doing it because their right. movies are still going to make money. Right. So it seems like there has to be other Something. things uh, going yeah. on there. Anyway, um, so I was going to talk about uh, The Green Knight just real quick. Yeah. And it's a very weird movie, and uh, and and in a crazy way. And it's David Lowry who yeah. I like. Um, I mostly like, and I mostly like because he's weird. He is weird. Uh, and he does does what he wants. <clears throat> you know, he did uh, a ghost story, which I'm uh, still so, I'm and, still so weirded out that I liked that film. Oh, I love that movie. I know, but I'm just watching her <laughs> eat cake for 12 minutes. Yeah. and I'll walk around, and I'm like, "This it's, is great." It's so it's it, so weird. It's such good. a cool. Yeah. Uh, it's such a cool thing to have a movie like that where uh, we're just kind of building a window of a movie where mm-hmm. you can't have expectations. Right. Right. It's just like you're just watching it. I don't know. Let's see I mean, what we see. I'm gonna predict what's gonna happen next based yeah. on what? Like <laughs> right? right. Um so that's really cool. And then you've got uh what is it? It's like all all them bodies are saints. Yeah. Which is also Casey Affleck and yeah. Rooney Mara. Right. And uh and that's not a crazy movie, but it's it was a good movie yeah. and it's got uh cool characters and it's also a little screwy. Yeah. And it's also a little screwy in the way that the old man and the gun right. 
is a little screwy right, because it's, little it's uh it's just like not industry standard yeah. and a way to try and get a character or something like that. Yeah. And none of them are like, oh, clearly David Lowry or whatever. Like he's got no yeah. He's got no box that he fits in, right? right? The next movie that comes out, you wouldn't know it was him or whatever. And right. then he does Pete's Dragon and I mean he's yeah. just right you know, all over and trying to be a little weird. And I think the Green Knight is, uh, for me, is where being the writer and the director in that way right. kind of goes wrong. Because, <laughs> because you know, like you're taking a shot. Like his thing is, is that he's taking a chance on being weird in a certain way or something. And, you know, for me, the Green Knight, first of all, it's like, gorgeous it's like yeah, it the most beautiful. gorgeous yeah. awesome movie you've seen in years yeah. it's like fantastic wow. to watch right uh it's almost like you you might want to have a watch where you turn the sound off just to right, like just to look make yeah. sure that you're looking at everything or whatever yeah. it, it's really cool and it's uh it's oddly filmed in a lot of parts too, where uh, there's parts that, you know, he's riding his horse, where they're in the woods. Uh, there's there's some like creepy, like ghost story ish parts yeah. with like uh, the woman who lost her head and he has to go get it and stuff. Right. And, it, and it's, it's all just, you know, nightmare fantasy crazy land that he's in making yeah. this journey to the green night and everything. And, uh, but what you're watching is fantastic. Yeah. Right. But for me, this is, uh, this, this is where it goes wrong is very similar to the foundation TV series, right? Where right. you take something like this is a story from the 14th century. Yeah. Since then, everyone has pretty well thought it was okay, right? right? <laughs> and this is his version of, I have a better idea, right. right? And you're like, okay, I mean, maybe if you have no idea what the story is, then maybe, and, and as it's playing out, it's <laughs> it's not too bad, except it adds, you know, some goofiness where I'm not sure that we ever get a point to adding that goofiness. We just added the right. goofiness for goofiness sake, right? Right, right. And and for me, where where it went wrong, because ultimately I just like can't love the movie, right? Uh, is uh, we all we end with almost no point to having <laughs> watched any yeah. of the other stuff in the first place. It's very very weird, but it's kind of like when you have something like a ghost story, right? And everybody likes it because it's screwy and different and you've never seen anything like it before right. and everybody loves it and everybody praises it or a lot of people do anyway. I mean, a lot of people yeah. hate a ghost story too, but, sure. um, but any of his movies, right? What people continuously claim to like about them is that they're so different. And like you, like I said, you can't predict what's happening or whatever. And you take that as the goodness itself and just go, well, any kind of you can't predict what's going to happen is good. Right. It's no. not. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's not it. Any yeah. kind of uh, right. I've never seen a movie like this before must be good. Right. Right. No. Yeah. There, <laughs> there's lots of movies I haven't seen before that are garbage. Yeah. And that's why I haven't seen them before. Right. right? right. 
So I don't know. It it all gets lost, but it's so awesome to watch. Yeah. Uh, that you know, it's almost worth it. But it visually kind of tells a better story than the story, right? Yeah. Visually, it's like we are going through this nightmare of inner turmoil and his, you know, kind of having to square himself with what he thinks his code of honor is mm-hmm. uh, and and does that actually make sense to him and, and whatever? And does he finish the quest? Does he, like, right. go whatever? Or does he just leave and yeah. but whatever, right? Um, just like the story. Like, that's the story, right? right? But the story in this movie, that is not what happens, actually. <laughs> so it's, I don't yeah. know, it's, it's very weird. But uh, the DVD, uh, like I said, uh, is is out now. I, I think it's out now. I'm pretty I sure it's, it's out, out now. Um, and it does have, it, it's kind of a bummer because, you know, I'm used to, you know, doing this for more than 20 years. So when DVDs came out, it was like, look, I've got like 18 hours of right. like other stuff. So there's not like a ton of stuff in this, but there is a cool making of featurette mm-hmm. and there's like a separate how we did the special effects thing. That's cool. Um, and so they're good. It's just not, it's just not like it's right. packed to right. the gills or anything. But if you like the movie and especially if you like what it looks like, then there are yeah, some right. cool some bonuses on it. What so, would you give it? Uh, you know, it's really hard. I think I give it like uh five yeah. because I uh, balance out the how great it looks with how right horrible the story ends up a lot of and the thing that sucks is that a lot of the interesting points in the story um that aren't more or less made up like there are parts in that we watch in the movie where in the original story you know it's like alluded to for like a couple lines of the story and so in the movie we just flesh out that whole story and have to watch it. Right. And it's like, well, okay, but was that really the point? Right. If we, <laughs> and then the parts of the story, like when he gets to the Lord uh, and spends time and, you know, the Lord's, the lady, I guess the Lord's wife, yeah. you know, like tries to seduce Gawain and everything. It, it feels really weirdly like hollow, like, uh, well, we had to do this part because this is like right. a main thing that yeah. happens. Yeah. And so we had to do it. So here it is. But still like the visuals of like the castle and the uh, weird world that he's still in and everything is still like really cool. Yeah, It's just a, I, I, like the story does not come through enough. And then you get to the end and it's stupid. I kept hearing, <laughs> I kept hearing everyone remark about how it is maybe one of the most beautiful things they've ever seen on film. And then others who knew a bit about the story would say, so I'm hearing Gawain, Gawain, Gawain. Yeah. Like, and then somebody's just like, Michael. You know, it's just like so many weird pronunciations. Yeah. And they're like, I can't even keep it straight. I'm like, who cares? Just keep looking at it. <laughs> yeah. You know, so. Uh, anyway, anyway, so then there's that. And then, uh, so <laughs> Halloween Kills. Uh, yeah. So, okay. It's the season, right? Halloween Kills. And, and it. I was curious about it. And then I realized so many Halloween movies, I thought I'd seen the Danny McBride and the David Green first one. And then I 
remembered. I'm like, holy crap, I, I meant to. I just hadn't seen it. So I'm that kind of completionist. I don't want to watch things out of order if I can help it. So I threw down Halloween and I watched that first. Okay. And that pretty much prepared me for what I thought was going to keep happening. But I remembered so many people being so positively excited about these guys doing this story and how amazing the story was and thoughtful and really the hype machine got behind it in a way that made me think it would be better than it was and they were wrong. Halloween Kills specifically was particularly disappointing partially because it's really just this is no this is no secret to anyone who'd been paying attention that they had a trilogy planned so the middle film is either going to be the Empire Strikes Back, or it's just going to be some filler. It turns out to be filler. Everybody's walking around really slow, repeating lines, living off fan service, and little Easter eggs that you get to see everywhere to get the money needed to get you to the third film, which isn't coming out for another year. Just like the first film, these guys have some really interesting ideas. They just don't seem to know how to pick it up and run with it any better than they're doing and some of it just doesn't make any sense like the easiest thing not to go on super long about it it, well I'll say this before I say the criticism which is if you liked the first film you're probably really going to love this because it's exactly paced themed it's filmed and it looks great the actors are all doing a good job the direction is kind of simple it doesn't really have the nuance of things that people before either relied on jump scares, which can be fun if you're in the right mood, or you just go back to the original with Carpenter, who realized there were certain reasons to film a point of view in certain ways to make you feel off your mark, so you didn't know if a jump scare was coming or not. This is pretty much just straightforward, but it's still great looking. It's just the story sucks. And their whole thing was standing on the, you know, very impressive precipice of saying, well, we're going to disregard every other film except the first one except so many of the Easter eggs are from like the third one, the fifth one. And I'm like, guys, look, I'm sorry. I think that's great. And it makes the, (laughs) it makes the crowd at horror fest scream and cheer, but you don't know what the hell you're talking about and you don't know what you're doing and you want to have everything both ways. This one isn't as nearly engaging and as fun as the first one, but I would give it a four It's just less than average because it's so weirdly, Using the word predictable in a horror movie, especially when it's a slasher, like, right. let me guess, he takes damage, he doesn't get hurt, he right. moves forward, he scares people. Like, I get it. People I get, get it. killed. But there's there's an interesting thing that's going on with an idea here that they should have run better with, which is Laurie and her family, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis again, and in 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 the same vein of like the J.J. Abrams failed Star Wars films. Anything where you get the main characters back that are so beloved and you got one more crack at telling a story with them because either they'll take the payday or they think the idea of finishing their character's arc is important, don't screw it up because you're not going to be able to get them back and redo it. You can't redo Han Solo anymore. He's not coming back. You know, and Carrie Fisher obviously isn't. I think Mark Hamill would, but... But in Halloween, you know, you can't have Donald Pleasance, but if you get John Carpenter on board and you have Jamie Lee Curtis, and one of the most fun things is they get all these characters from all these other films in the past and they bring them kind of back for another round. And it's engaging and it's interesting to see them address the community vengeance versus just Laurie surviving. There's a lot of really interesting stuff there, and they try to play with it, but really it's just to eat up minutes, and it goes so long. Somebody says the same thing five different times in eight different shots, 
you're repeating yourself because I guess you had four good takes, but let's throw the fifth one in anyway because we got to eat up 11 minutes before, you know, it's just laborious and it's not that much fun. So I see why it's doing well. It's an easy scare film and it's Halloween. Well, it was going to literally do, like it was going to do it, well, just the like October. the next Marvel movie. Always. Like Eternals is going to do it's well, gonna do right? Fun. It doesn't yeah, matter right. uh, if yeah. everyone hates it. Or right? everyone's it's, like, it's I don't going know who to, anybody is. Right, right. Well, let's I go. mean, everyone's going to go yeah. see that. And when a new Halloween movie comes out in as long October, as they don't re- sometimes they does, release them in June. And I'm like, what the hell yeah, are you doing? And right. sometimes they've been released in like late July. And I'm like, guys, four more weeks and you had this. It's right. literally Halloween, and by that I mean it's the franchise, and it's Halloween, literally. You know, right. it's the end of October. This is an easy hit. Right. And I'm not surprised why it's doing so well, but I'm just recoiling it. Everybody's sort of sycophantry over, you know, Danny McBride and, and David Green's. Like, it's not horrible, but it's just, it's really far from great. Right. It's It's right. barely good, and that's not good enough. Yeah, so. it's... um. The real question is going to be probably, you know, next weekend and the next weekend, are people still going to be right. seeing it? Because those people are waiting for people to tell them if it's good if or it's not good or, or not. whatever. Right. And, and so, I don't know, maybe <clears throat> maybe that won't work. But yeah. I don't I don't see it. But you know it's going to make plenty of money. Sure. And it's still going to keep, uh, to some extent, it's still going to pull people in because it's Halloween. You know, people it's are going to go see it. Right? Even if it wasn't the the second part of a trilogy, it just feels like a film that the studio knew their license was running out. Like we got to put a right. film. We out. have to make something now. You get that right, out right, right. now. It just feels like that. So. All right. Uh, so Let's in uh, other movies, uh, yeah. No Time to Die with James Bond, yeah. Daniel Craig's uh, last movie, and. Uh, you know, it's um, R- Rami Malek is the bad guy in this one. And, you know, there's not too much uh, to really say about, uh, you know, trying to give a synopsis. It's it's weirdly and, you know, different people are going to think this is good or bad, but it's weirdly sort of disconnected from previous movies like it doesn't do a lot of talking about what happened last week or, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not so much continuationness, except in so far as he starts out, you know, he's kind of out or whatever. And so that is because of what happened in previous movies and everything like that. But it's not like, uh, you know, you really, all you need to know is that it's James Bond and you'll fill in all the other blanks, right? Anything else that you need to know. It doesn't necessitate uh, all of the things that happened that, in the previous it, ones. Yeah. Anyway, it's just sort of uh, he's like retired, and yeah. then he comes back, right? And it's just James Bond. That's movie, that's right. Yeah, I mean, that could yeah, be anybody. Yeah, that's true. That's about anybody. <clears throat> um, as long as uh, the specific actor has been in enough movies, he could be retired, Always, right? Yeah, and right. whatever. Uh, so fun. anyway. <laughs> Um, but it's like its own events as far as the story. And it's, uh, you know, we see the, it opens, we see this girl whose parents get Uh killed and like the whole thing. And then it's just mostly like its own story as far as that goes. Um, except that, you know, when you run into Q, it's like, you're supposed to be retired or, you know, whatever. Right. Like there's stuff like that. Um, 
and it's all the same people in all the same roles from the last couple movies right. and everything. Um, so basically, it's just James Bond and hilarity ensues, right? right? And yeah. whatever. And uh, so, you know, at this stage of the game, we don't have to run through too much of, yeah. of what's going on. Uh, but in trying to give you my rating, right, I have to say it's very funny because, you know, James Bond movies uh, have like their opening scene, yeah, right? And then like kind of the credit start and everything. And like when that happened, yeah, like I looked over at you and I was like, I'm tempted to leave right now because I thought the opening was great. It was amazing. It was uh, really strong. The opening was very cool. It was very James Bond. Very Bond. And it was fun. And, uh, yeah. you know, it was like action and everything. And it was, you know, really a lot like old bond movies yeah i knew that's why you would like it and uh so i was like man if i leave now they can't ruin it for me right Right. (laughs) um and uh i'll say they they both did and didn't um just in like the very quick total synopsis of my review um i loved a ton of this movie okay um (laughs) there was a lot of this movie where it was like you know, we've got gadgets. Yeah. We've got like Bond girls, yeah. even though the movie is about him. Uh, you know, it's mainly involves this woman that he falls in love with and is like on the long term, you know, thing, which right. is sort of anti Bond girl. Right. We still get another Bond girl right. because we still get somebody else that he has to work with. Yeah. And everything. And it was like, Man, this is and it's such a weird thing that you combine this with, you know, a couple movies ago, you've got directors going, I'm going to make this none James Bond. Oh god, here oh, we go. Well, thanks for making a James Bond movie. Right. right. <laughs> and now we've got hey, let's actually have James Bond stuff from old movies. Right. And we'll have like the opening feel like James Bond. We'll yeah. have gadgets. We'll do, you know, whatever. And the only thing I would say if you're trying to you know fit this in to like the old school James Bond, right? The only thing I would say and you know they probably not going to change this at this point, but James Bond is not that actiony in the way that this movie is, right? There's like action that happens, but James Bond yeah. is not uh like really kind of doing so much fighting right i mean like right. he's less john that, that's not what james bond right. does he might be in like a car chase right. or a boat chase right. or w- whatever and he'll fight some people and he'll shoot some people right. but you know he's not like jason statham or right. something you know <laughs> what, whatever down, movie he might be in or something like yeah. that right and you know that's fine that's just you gotta yeah Roll with that, the time. That's the way we're updating that's things yep. is that people have to yeah. be in like 15 fight scenes or yeah. whatever. <laughs> um, so <laughs> in that sense, I've, I really loved a lot of this movie, yeah. right? And then there's basically two things Uh-oh. that uh, for me kicked this movie's ass, right? Okay. And, and I'm going to tell you right now, in a certain way, we're going to spoil the movie, except I think we're just spoiling the movie in a way that everybody already knows because <laughs> because everybody has already revealed this information yeah. about this movie 
At least I think. I mean, I think so. If you're scared of being spoiled, who knows? Skip but, a minute ahead. But anyway, the the in the one sense that it kind of ruined it for me is that the villain is just a psycho who's trying to kill everyone on Earth. Yeah, that's not interesting. Yeah, and it's and it's not it's not really Bondy, right? Like right. Bond villains, like have something they're after right. or they want a bunch of money or money they're, or, or they're or chips, or, microchips or yeah. Or they're, you know, uh, you know they're, try, they're trying to get specter yeah. to, mm-hmm. you know, take over the world from behind the scenes and right. run everything or right. whatever, not just literally kill everyone on earth. Yeah, right. Right. That it's just so uninteresting. And he's just a psychopath. I don't right? love he's, plants that he's much. just a lunatic. Yeah. Right. And, so what's his motivation? His motivation is he's crazy. Right. And it doesn't matter what his motivation is. Right. And why the hell are any of these people following him? Right. Despite the fact that he's just loony, yeah. right? Well, because it says so in the script. That's yeah. their motivation. Yeah. And uh, all of that. At first, it's not too bad, right? At right. first, you kind of have this idea that I mean, sure, he's kind of like psychotic, but maybe he's got like whatever, you know, right. like there's you're just not sure exactly where you are. But the farther along you get with it, it's like, oh, he's just completely crazy. Oh, and his plan actually is just to kill right. everyone on genocide. Earth. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, hooray yeah. for your, <laughs> right. hooray for your villain writing skills. Right? right. It's just it's so boring to have a villain that is, you know, completely inconsequential. Basically what you end up with is every movie, whether it's in one particular franchise or every franchise, every villain who is just a psychopath trying to kill everyone is exactly the same as every other villain who's a psychopath trying to kill everyone. And you know, it's just, that's sort of boring. And the other thing so that like really kind of hurt me. And the other thing is, and you know, like I said, spoiler, he dies at the end. And that's not a thing. <laughs> you can't have James Bond dies. Uh, you know, like I'm out. If James Bond mm-hmm. dies, then I'm that's yeah. That's like some stars off of yeah. your movie. Like that that's just not a I thing. That happens, right? Right. And uh and, and now when you want to make the next one, yeah. And I mean you have to like reboot things in a whole other way than you just have a new James Bond and you kind of go, eh, all right, so he's James Bond now. Mm-hmm. Like you have to like start all over, right? Yeah. I mean, like like you have to yeah. really reboot things in a very different way yeah. to come back from you killed him in the last movie, right? right? Like it's just, it's just goofy. Um, but... That being said, and taking those things off, uh, I give it a seven and a half. That's what I gave it. I because you, uh, it should be better than that, right? Yeah. Like, this should be like a nine. And I, I, because so much of it is so cool and yeah. so, you know, old school, everything I want and you know, Felix lighter and trapped in the boat and yeah, all the cars yeah. and they overplayed the car 
a they bit. Did. That, they scene, did it for you. that scene was too long. They did it for they you. They did do it for me. And, and yeah, and that, you still that scene it, you was still, still yeah, yeah, I, I very no, much I appreciate that scene with the car. But they overplayed that yeah. where he's just got to sit there and yeah. sit there and sit there. And, you know, the scene's not good unless he sits there too long. Well, yeah. And it's not even <laughs> is that too long. true? It's only, it's only barely too long, though. Right. He just needed to not sit there for three or four more seconds. Right. Like, it is it is too long, but it's not that too long. But, yeah. um, but, this, yeah. but the scene was great, it, theoretically, yeah. right? It's just, It just wasn't perfectly executed. But there's so much that I liked about it and thought was really fun and every next thing that happened i kept going oh no now we're gonna ruin it and then they didn't really and And i'm like well okay um but i i could not get past the villain because it just yeah it just eats something out of the story yeah when anyway when you don't have really somebody that he's squaring off with he's just squaring off with insanity or some lunatic got the nuclear codes or whatever and you know i mean it's just there's just like a facet of the movie (laughs) that isn't there yeah and then they end up with some parts where uh it was really goofy and they overplayed them anyway and then you know he only escapes because he's got a magic floor and stuff Mm -hmm. and it's like oh come on Right. I mean, now it's now we don't even know if we're doing James Bond or right. like this magic. Feels like, well, or, and now it's like Austin Powers, right? You right. know, because now it's a little bit too goofy. Because yeah, now it yeah. it took things to a weird, goofy level. Yeah. Um. You know, especially if you think about it for a second, right? Yeah. Because uh, you know, the fact that the people around him with the machine guns know that he has a magic floor right. means that he <laughs> they have to know that he knows right. That he's just going to leave them to die, right? And they're still standing there and I anyway. Might just shoot right? you because now you, I don't get the magic floor, <laughs> right? Right. Anyway, um, and it it also had like I thought it was very throwbacky, cool uh, to have that obnoxious scientist guy. Right. Yeah. That was like very like yeah. late '70s Bond character where he's just fun. where he's just this goofy guy who just keeps saying. But you can't win, right? So why don't you just let me go? Yeah, right. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so uh, I give it seven and a half. I was really nervous um, because I have, um, and I think it's, I think it's not a big stretch, but I think it's definitely noticeable. I've liked the Daniel Craig Bond films more than you. Yeah, and you're more of. uh, Old school Bond traditionalist, though I am not. I just really loved how he fit and how he made the character be some version of bond that I hadn't seen yet. And it's easier when you really, you know, when you drop bond on an Island and you have to fight somebody with golden weapons or lasers or whatever, he's experienced, he's got the nuance, but when you start him out and he hasn't even gotten his double O status yet, and you realize he's more of a bull in a China shop than a svelte tiger, you know, there's a lot of room to grow there. I thought this was going to keep sliding the way the arc of these went with Spectre, which was more puns and more gadgets and things. I was incredibly happy to see it basically do the best of all the things that Bond needed to do, which was be still the Daniel Craig stuff, but really bring in the stuff that they had skipped earlier on, like the gadgets and the the puns, though not 
eighties Schwarzenegger film puns, but just like this, there's some great, funny, genuinely earned, really funny moments in the film that are, you're like, that's totally bond stuff. Right. You know? And what you realize is you've come to the, you've come to this point after these films where you not only know these characters well, and when, when money, Penny and bond show up at Q's house, and their interaction is both brotherly and antagonistic, but also affectionate. Right. In the three nanoseconds, they walk past each other and you're like, this is so friggin' comfortable. Right. I just love this. And that's what the MCU has done so successfully. That's what other franchises are trying to do. You just get to this point where you want to see all these characters in a room with each other because you just like being with them. Right. So, and acting like, you believe those characters act. would actually right? do these yeah. things. It's it's fantastic. Uh, don't let anybody tell you that. You know the story. You learn a little bit. Um, like you learn some. You learn some private motivations for Q. And some people are mad that we had to learn these things because we live in a progressive world. Oh, to hell with these right, people. Right. It's great. It fits. It's fun. Let it go. Like it rolls. I got a couple big problems with the film, one of which is the same as yours. I think Rami Malek is the absolute worst villain to have in any contemporary film because he doesn't service the kind of films that these films have been producing. Right. And and I know you can't just have... You couldn't easily have Christoph Waltz do a Hannibal Lecter, which is organized some mass massacre from this super MI6 prison. Like right. I, I get that there's a way that they figure out... a a partial way to do that, but you just can't keep relying on him. So you go with something else. And I think this was a big miss. Yeah. And, and part of that for me is a large part of that for me is the story. Cause that's where it all starts. And that's where I fundamentally would grade something anyway, but I don't, I don't like Rami Malek in this. No. I don't, he's, he's such a niche performer. I won't, I'm being hyperbolic. I'm really being dramatic when I say this. But he is sort of like how I think of Crispin Glover. Like, I wouldn't throw Crispin Glover in this role either because he's so niche. But I would put him in a David Lynch movie right, easily. Right. I would put him in maybe a Wes Anderson film. Like, But I'm not putting him in this role. And I, I got respect for Rami Malek. The guy's, the guy's a talented actor. But I just think he's terribly uneven in getting parts that I don't think... I don't think he would be getting if he weren't Rami Malek. And again, he's not, you know, he's not Daniel Craig yet. He's not, but he's getting, he had definitely has a reputation for this kind of thing that he can bring. And maybe that sounded good in a room and maybe they didn't know what else to do. But the lack of a big villain, not just because looking at this film as the last Daniel Craig Bond film, but also just a Bond film. Just that villain just doesn't get it for me. Yeah, my big my big second thing is a bit different than yours. In the same vein, I can appreciate it a hundred percent. I just didn't I didn't mind it so much, partially because I I leaned on comic books. I can read a comic book with the X Men dying and then picking up next week's issue of the Uncanny X Men. The X Men are fine and they're still alive. <laughs> and Wolverine is on his own, except he's not really the same. But then in the Super Wolverine comic, he's really the same. You know, in there's the black and white Wolverine where it's the old... Like, I, I can compartmentalize that in a bit. It's interesting and it's rare for them to really kill Bond. And I think they're putting their foot in the water to see, like, what... I, I don't know exactly how... 
how that came because I think they could have just ended it with him retiring again or doing something else. But for them to decide that, it's an interesting transition moment. And I wonder how that's going to play off. But I'm okay with it because Wolverine will be back next month in another comic. And they'll. the only thing that's interesting to me is when they reboot it, because the cast is great. I mean, I don't know how many times I mean, they Ray have to, re- they have coming, to recast but they got to get because if you bring Q in again and you're like, "Hello, Bond," and you're like, "Dude, right. you know that's not James Bond." <laughs> right. Like, don't play that way. So, sidestepping that for me, uh, an equally big thing was Leia Sadu. I don't, I don't think yeah. Bond and Leia Sadu have anything in remote chemistry with each other outside of a small window. If I get too far. I won't remember. I gave it an eight. And I and yeah. I thought, like you, I thought 20 minutes in, this might be a nine and a half. I thought an hour in, I thought this could still stay nine. And as it started moving forward and we started getting more Rami Malek, more Leia Sadu, and, and I'm and I'm gonna clarify that in a second, it just slid a little bit. I still had a blast with it. I still love watching Daniel Craig be James Bond. Uh, he's he's such a fun actor anyway. I'm psyched to see him in Knives Out too. Like I just oh, want right, to see right. this guy keep doing stuff. But, but I really loved his Bond and this film for the most part. With all the stuff that you mentioned—cars, gadgets, Bond girls, um, throwbacks—and not fan service throwbacks that didn't have any reason to be there, but like really great cameos of people and really great foundational explorations of their characters to who they were with Bond five films ago. Right. I was, I was fantastic. It's hard that the two main things, like you could argue that his primary push for the beginning is Vesper. And I get that. And it was funny. So the opening scene, you know, when it hits the fancy song and the graphics and stuff, and I leaned over to you and you got it first. You're like, dude, I might just like call that. I was leaning over to go, you shut up or leave. Like, <laughs> don't don't come to me about anything bad. This has got everything you like right, right now. And you, you know, you said it too. You know, Anna de Armas is great. That whole scene. I wanted to focus on that for just a quick second because that whole scene with her almost feels like an entirely different movie. Like it's good. It's great. It's yeah, so streamlined. It's There's no wasted time. It's Bond coming in. It highlighted one small thing that I didn't like very much during that whole mid part of the film, which was Bond seemed to stop what he was doing, dispatching villains and shooting clips to take a drink way more than he needed to. It was like four times he does it in five yeah. minutes. And I'm like... he. He drinks a lot. I don't in think this you need movie. to do yeah. that, but but the pacing is great, the excitement is great, the beginning is great. You you kind of love uh some people love a very suave like, you know, Bond, James right. Bond, that kind of guy who's introducing you while examining you for information. I kind of like the Daniel Craig like I'm so pissed off, I know how to kill everybody and move or I will. Like right. I kind of like that guy. In the beginning, when he's getting out of everything, figuring out where everything goes, I'm still so on the hook for it. I just loved it. But every single time they decided to anchor him to Madeline and by proxy, his brother, his stepbrother, his half-brother, uh, and then bringing in Rami Malek, I just felt it kind of tick-tocking off. Right. Just, and I don't mean like just a grade. I just felt it's a long movie. You know, it's almost three hours, two hours and 40 something minutes. And it explores all kinds of great things. 
I don't care that James made these decisions and these things, because I actually sort of believe you put him in this position. That's his job, though the ghost in the machine is always get him out. The surprise is, you know, guess what? We actually can't get him out. And he makes a decision beyond himself and his his reasoning for that in that in that discussion that he has to have at the end of the film, I thought was mostly effective too, even though yeah. I understand 100%. You, yeah, don't, you I, don't want to put yourself in the position where you get him into there anyway. So I, I think... But I still had a blast I with think it. the thing that's weird so about that ending, right, is um, it seems like, right, uh, this, is a, this is a movie where we made this movie for a long time, and for a long time we didn't know which way we were, we right. were going to go. Because at the end, two things happen both of them end it equally, right? Yeah. Like when he he gets exposed to the certain virus thing, well, he's already out. That's it. Right? Done. Right. He already has to just leave. Vanish, too. He has to get away from everybody that, you know. Yeah, right. Right. So we, we've already got that. So we have that because we weren't sure that we were going to have him die. Because right. then he could we could end it and he could not die. Uh-huh. And we still get basically the same thing yeah. as if he was dead right and then they said okay but also film when he dies and then you know a week before release we'll flip a coin or something right. i don't know yeah and yet they have both of them yeah and and i like it worse that it has both of them because that end thing with rami malik and he breaks the vial yeah. just so rami malik can say like you made me do this yeah, because right. i'm a spoiled psychotic child yeah I'm like, oh, God, that was like so goofball, yeah. right? That was just like very corny and t- just, I mean, didn't fit the movie. All. Yeah. Um, so I didn't, I didn't like that even worse for that. But there's, you know, like we both already said, there's so many things in it that, uh, you know, if you're an old school Bond fan, yeah. I mean, even uh, there's the way that characters are, there's the way that we have the gadgets, there's the fact that we get the, uh, the Bond girl at the beginning is awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's just like That's pure so bond, pure bond, especially yeah. because uh, the way everything about how they play through when she's in the movie, right? Yep. She's like, Oh, I've had three weeks training. Then next <laughs> thing you know, she's killing everybody. And right. he's like three weeks training huh? Yeah. and whatever. Yeah. Like that's so bond. Yeah. And then, like I said, you got the gadgets and the cars. And even when they like kind of break into that giant, facility where they're producing yep. the stuff that's practically like shot that's for shot all. from old yeah. 70s yeah. you know things where he's sneaking in i can't even remember i think it's uh live and let die maybe or you only live twice i don't know but there's one where it just you know he like swims into right. some place and right. then he's in like a giant facility and it like looks just like yeah. that it's all even like looking at the place, it's like, let's make it a really old thing (laughs) that we've, you know, taken over so that it can look really old and look like it's from the seventies. And it's just, all of it is so, uh, it is, is so, like I said, it's so the opposite of what we were doing a couple movies ago. Everything is, um, instead of going, let's go a whole new direction. It's like, what was wrong with the direction we had? And so right. we just go back to all that. Um, but yeah, it really kills it that uh, Rami Malek is in it. Mm-hmm. And it's even worse, I think, because Christoph Waltz is actually in the movie. I think it yeah. would be, I mean, c- because he's great. But all all that does is make you think, remember when 
the last movie when Christoph Waltz was awesome. Right. Right. <laughs> and, then, and, and he was, he was like perfect bond villain, just not in the whole other theory of doing like bond movie, but he yeah. was so good in that movie. Yeah. And you know, I didn't even love the movie that much, right. but He's he was good. awesome. Yeah. And when you go through a certain amount of the movie at the beginning where you're just kind of alluding to him and talking right. about him, thinking he's, you know, doing everything or, you know, whatever. Yeah. That's all fine. Yeah. And then we actually see him. Right. And then first of all, it's worse because you see him and he's there and you, and he talks to him for a while and you're just like, oh, he was he's so good. Right. Yeah. And then it's worse, too, because we show this place where he is. And now we have to think back to where he was like running things, even though he right. was in here. And it's like, well, now you've just like right. made yourself look stupid. Right. That's not. That's oh, not he way. was coordinating things because this other guy had an eye. Well, what did he have? <laughs> right. He's like, <laughs> <What's his eye? laughs> how did he coordinate anything? Yeah. He didn't coordinate. Someone gave him internet access it was for like, an hour. It yeah. was like bonkers. And yeah. that part, too, was like. That's better if we don't look at it. Right. If you just say that's somehow a, he did. In a way, that's old Bond, too. Like, they do have fake eye. All right. Like, All right. <laughs> Spy pen, you know, right. whatever. Right. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was all. But there also was pretty cool, like, kind of old schooly. even though this is, you know, not directly old schooly, but his whole thing where... You know, he's in love with this woman. Now he thinks that she betrayed him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so now he puts her on the train and he's never going to see her again and all right. this stuff. Even though that's not like exactly directly, right? But it's right. still, it's done in the way they would have done it. They would have it, it, absolutely made that happen. And then it turns out that it was like nothing. And then he's got to deal with the yeah. fact that, you know, it was just all Oops. being paranoid. <laughs> right. Although perfectly reasonable paranoia, right? right? Except that it was just like events aligned yeah. to make it look bad, right? You're, that you're, was so good. You're so right. Even though, even though I wondered, because the pacing of the film to get him in front of Blowfield again is pretty brisk. And then I'm like, it's got to slow down now. Now we're going to have right, like a right. big 15-minute conversation where... Somebody gets somebody mad with their words, you know, and there's going to be a lot of, right. but it's, these guys are going at it. They know what they're doing. And that scene is so good. And it really just echoes later whenever Rami is doing something because I'm like, all right, he's got weird makeup on and he talks weird. Right. And I'm not going to make fun of the way he talks. I'm not going to make fun of the makeup stuff, but just this is what you guys had when you realize Everything leading up to him could have been so much different. But, dude, why? where is MI6 right now? Why don't they have satellites coming into M and being like, we got a lot of heat signatures on this lair, this <laughs> right, island right. out in the middle of nowhere, and there's a lot of boats coming in. <laughs> Weird chemicals we've never seen. Right. Birds are dying and all then, over the place. And then not why, only that, but then when, now? when like, we look for it, right. they go, oh, here's some weird stuff. How come there isn't just like somebody flagging the weird stuff before I ask for it? M should turn around and be like, I want one guy on the computer just looking for this stuff. Right. Give me a report every day. Yeah. But anyway. again, that's the world of Bond. It, I, I just, I can't even, it's not even for me, it's not even that the, the greatness of the first like hour just like coasts it through. Because that would have been something. 
and, and it doesn't even do that. Like there's stuff later that just keeps happening that I, I've thought more about No Time to Die than I really did Spectre. Right. You know, it just it had in a in a very interesting way. I wonder if you could have just reset. Though I understand now looking back at all the cogs that are in place, like Madeline's dad happens to be the guy. Um, quantum who shows up and frees Vesper. Like it's actually sort of strangely layered and complicated, but it, you don't have to watch them all and know all that. You can just kind of watch it and be like, well, spy, bad right, guy. Right. But when you un- unravel it all back, there was a real interesting attempt to make the Craig Bond like a self contained capsule of stuff that doesn't always happen. In the other bonds, not I know you know. Right. Pleasant showed up a couple times, and Blowfield shows you know every once in a while, but for the most part, it was Monster of the Week. Right. You know who's who's the megalomaniacal bad guy we got to bring down this time, or is it an asteroid from outer space or whatever? That was interesting, and I'd like to see them if they think they can do it again. Though I wouldn't mind like a standalone Bond film, like because those are sometimes. Like you've often said, and I'm I'm right there with you. The world doesn't always have to be in jeopardy. You know, it doesn't right. always have to be some madman making a mushroom that'll kill everybody. Well, or something. right, like, and it can the- be other things. I mean, the- theoretically, as much as 007 is, you know, kind of skirting the edge of being a superhero right. when he's in movies, right? But really, I mean, he's just a guy yeah. at MI6 or whatever, right? right? Like he's. He's just a guy who actually has a job and there are other people who have his same job right. and they aren't all right. Right. Like right. saving the world like every week. Right. Yeah. They, they do other things that are bad and we don't make a movie of the yeah. boring weeks, but right. still yeah. it's not like right. every time you turn around, somebody is about to kill everyone on earth. Right. I mean, it's like, and I don't want to see a it, film where I'm sure the double O's have to infiltrate and get Intel from somebody cause they're in the field. And that was a big thing about Mallory telling him, like, you know, we can do a lot of these jobs behind desks. And he's like, you got to know when to pull a trigger, too. Right. So if you're in the field, I don't want to see a movie about Bond just, like, surveilling somebody. (laughs) Like, that's not cool. I mean, unless it's, you know, Anna D'Armas' character. Maybe that would be fun. But really, I get it's got to be punched up and do these things. But... The next go round of things where everyone is so preoccupied and fixated on, you know, the ethnicity of the next bond, the gender is easy. The broccolis have said it's going to be a guy, you know, so stop thinking right. that it's going to be other women. Um, it, I, I liked that more than I thought I was going to when I was so used to just getting villain of the week things, even when it didn't work well. Now, I'm never going to say that Quantum of Solace is like a great great watch but i rewatched it a little while ago and knowing now what i know i did it before no time to die but knowing now what i know it's it's a little easier it was hard to watch it was a real misfire of a film i wish they could get that one back right i'd love to see daniel craig just do one more thing and you know but they didn't and i just again one of the things that i gave it credit for this time because again and this is a fun this is a fun thing that we do sometimes at least i feel i i incorporate it's a standalone film, and I want to rate it for that. But it's the last Craig Bond film, and I right. want to rate it for that, too, because right. they definitely they definitely make you aware of it without making things weepy or using fake things to pull at your heartstrings. It's very clear that everybody knows, like, guys, we're going out on this. Right. Let's do this, and let's go for it. I appreciate the hell out of that, too, right. even if it doesn't work. But thankfully, 
this time it worked. Right. Yeah, it'll be, uh, like I said, it'll be interesting to see because, uh, you know, they just have to totally reboot. It's really weird. In, in like a massive way. Yeah. And you've got to bring everybody back. You've got to have all new everyone. Yeah. Felix Leiter could be alive again. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. But you've you've just got to totally start over. Because you can tell stories out of time. This could be five years ago and, story we never heard. And it's got to be somebody pretty young, I think. Yeah. I th- I think they have yeah. to start over, and who knows what they'll I do, do because they might decide I can do whatever I want or whatever. But right. I think they've got to start completely over, mm-hmm. you know, like you're rebooting Spider-Man and you have to tell his origin right. story yet again. Right. And you've, and you've got to just uh, be a whole new yeah. world of it, which is weird it because is weird. that's not what they do, yeah. right? Like, you know, Roger Moore showed up and we didn't have to rewrite Right. Everything and say Q everything's the same. brand new or you whatever. Know? I mean, it's just yeah. uh, we continue on, but now no. You know what's weird? I heard I heard one thing that was staggering, and I don't know if they can fix this or not. I'd have to look it back up again. So, um, Casino Royale came out like two thousand six or seven, something. You know, it came out just a year or two before. I guess, maybe it was two years before Iron Man. So the MCU has done oh, like yeah, 22 yeah. or 24 films since Bond has done, since Craig has done his five. Right. Man, I mean, I get that Robert Downey Jr. didn't do every movie, but I think you can do more than five in this time frame. Right. And I understand that there were problems, there's logistics, there's all kinds of stuff. Bond should just be churning films out like this a lot faster. Yeah. And... It's a little strange that there's never been like an idea of putting Bond on TV, you know, in a in a real like serialized kind of way. Like maybe instead of James Bond show, maybe it's MI6, you know, right. or maybe it's something else. But I heard that statistic and I just thought, man, Marvel was cooking. They just they were right. burning everything and they did so many great films. And it's really I this sounds really sort of weirdly not weepy, but emotional, but it's really fun to have a great James Bond film behind you. Right. Like if this film had sucked, the fall would have been kind of like, I'm sort of like, (laughs) I'm disappointed because now what if Dune sucks? Now all of a sudden I'm rolling on all kinds of losses. But if there's a good James Bond film, I'm just like that. I I can't wait to see that again. That's kind of fun. Like I feel good knowing that that entertainment thing has been satisfied. Yeah, I think think maybe when they reboot it, and they are going to have to start all over and recast everyone. Yeah. And we get like uh, James Bond. And I think, you know, don't have such big people yeah. in every single role. Right. Right. Because now worked. now we've got a schedule yeah. for like everyone in the movie who right. have other things to do. And yeah. maybe you just couldn't turn them out that fast no matter what you did because right. whoever you want to have in it, yeah. you know, has Can. a bunch of other movies to do. And, you know, like have one every other year yeah. because you've got people who right. don't great. need to worry about that. I'd be there. Have lesser, have, you know, lesser stars yeah. so that you don't have to worry as much Man, about that sort of thing. That yeah. whole cast was great. Yeah. Naomi Harris is great. You know, it, it, even changing from Dench to Fines, you know, which makes sense in the story. They, they were all great. Q's amazing. Like, I, I love, I, it's so weird so because great. I love Ben Wishaw. Yep. I swear to God, in like everything I've seen him right. in, I love him. Yep. He's so good at uh, everything that he's... And, you know, there was uh, there's the BBC show that he's in. I can't oh, remember. Yeah. 
Um, uh, well, I, could look I can't, I can't remember what it's end. called, but God, he was amazing. Yeah, in that's that. great. But, but yeah, it's funny because he's not in this that much. No, he really and isn't. Yet he's just so cool. He's got, right? he's got one of the best things. Like you could argue, Money Penny just has to do a couple things from old Bond films. You know, be flirtatious, right. always get a zinger in on him. Like really let him have, let him have it. Naomi Harris is absolutely really cool when she goes into the field too. But when Q is on. He's just, you know, Ben's just got this real great timing for what he wants to do and say. And every single moment he's on the film, I, I genuinely feel, not just in this film, every film. He's, oh, yeah, he's yeah. taking the scenes from whoever he's with. Sometimes, like when he and, and Bond are meeting for the first time in the museum, and I'm just like, dude, you're Daniel Craig. you got to take this scene back. Right. He's stealing this scene. Right. From you. He's that good, and it's partially. It's like I want to see what gadget he's got, but he always has the educated, like sophisticated way of just being like, "Look, just take this. Right. Go. Try not to break it. You right. know, because he's always assuming everyone's messing up his stuff. Like I just love that. Even character. yeah, and in this movie, uh, and we gotta get out of here, but yeah. uh, in this movie, that was even. You know, there was a little bit of a throwback to uh, yeah. God. I can't remember his name, and that's depressing. But the you know Q from forever ago, old, who old was Q. who was Q for forever, ever, yeah. right? Um, he Desmond, he uh, was very much like coming into yeah. like that guy. Yeah. Where he's like, stop breaking everything. Yeah, right, like yeah. he was really on it with the, you know, it's almost like don't even worry about whether or not it's going to save your life or how it's going right. to do it. Just don't break it. He always don't had the parent like, don't stuff. touch everything. Right, right. Put it down, Bond. Come here, over here, Bond. <laughs> right, watch here, how here. this is done. You know, right. and you just like you, you get it. And if I'm walking around Q's lab, I'm like Bond too. I'm like, let me touch these. Right, what do I right. look through that? Like, does this explode? Right, Bond. You know. Anyway, it was great. It was a great uh, wrap up. All right, uh, so that's that's it for this week. That's Next it. week, uh, Dune is out, so uh, you got that. But also yeah. uh, the French Dispatch. But yeah. I'm pretty sure that it's uh, very limited next week, and it really goes wide the next week. Um, Which is Wes but, Anderson's film. Um, yeah, might be able to get that. Yeah, it's the Wes Anderson movie starring everyone in <laughs> everybody, Hollywood. Everybody, dude. Everybody. <laughs> And uh, oh, and I have I not seen it yet, even though it's like been at festivals and stuff. Yeah. But uh, I haven't heard anyone say anything bad about Good. it yet. I want so, that too. Yeah. I want that to be right up next. All right. So uh, yeah. thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week yeah. with uh, at least Dune. Yeah. And uh, probably right. more. Actually, I should throw this in real quick because uh, also coming out. Uh, this Friday is what is it? The harder they fall, I think. The oh, yeah. Netflix uh, yeah. movie with Idris Elba, yep. the Western, oh, and that that looks that really looks good. good too. So cool. All right, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Hey, listeners. On behalf of myself and Shane Leonard, we want to thank you for tuning in once again. The Are You Screening podcast is brought to you by AreYouScreening.com and a lot of wonderful people who help us out. Surf over to areyouscreening.podbean.com or areyouscreening.com to find out how you can become one of them. All music used in our podcast is courtesy Andrew Lord. Once again, please, please, please subscribe, rate us on iTunes, review us on iTunes, and otherwise trick your friends into listening to us. Good night. <laughs>